Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. It'll work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined alongside by the one, the only, AJ Hayfley. AJ, are you, uh, have you dug yourself out of the snow yet? Uh, not yet, man. Still working on, uh, still working on that part of it. But yeah, it should be a, should be a fun couple of days. I mean, the Avs cancel practice tomorrow, so, um, you know, no worries. There you go. Uh, I was going to say getting around town, I'm sure, is going to be a blast tomorrow. Well, uh, I don't know why the Avs canceled practice. It sure looks like they could use some after going 0-2 on their brief California road swing. Cool. AJ, let's... Uh, um, actually, I think they just had to have... I, I don't think they were allowed to have practice tomorrow. No, I know. Uh Let's start with San Jose. What'd you see? What'd you like? What didn't you like? Uh, I mean, I liked the pushback. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't like um, some of the goals against. You know, the the one from Meyer Varley has to save. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the second San Jose goal, that's got to be stopped. You know? Right. Um, I don't like the overall effort. Yeah, it just uh, it seemed very. It it was not what what we've become accustomed to here in in the last eh, you know week and a half, uh, where it's I been mean, a lot of effort. A couple of weeks. I mean, go back yeah. to even before they started <clears throat> winning a handful of games. You know, go back to that Eastern Conference, uh, the Eastern swing that they did against Boston and the Islanders and the Caps. You know where they, hey, they they went crazy. You know they they it, it was a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know they've really played quality hockey for several weeks now. Yeah, you know, and the game against the Panthers last week was a blown point, no doubt. But they didn't they they and it was kind of a sluggish game from both sides, but it wasn't a bad game. Yeah, you know, and then. Sluggish, the, I think, is a great way to describe that game. Yeah, and then you know they they 
got a great goaltending performance out of Grubauer in, in Nashville and kind of stole a victory that none of us thought that they would get. Yeah. And uh, we just sort of glossed over it, you know, kind of, okay. Um, but really, they've been playing really good hockey, especially at five on five. They've been playing really good hockey for a couple weeks now. With that back to back against uh, Chicago and Nashville, as an as a, they were just okay in those games, mm-hmm. and then this weekend rolls around, you know, and they just they just weren't any good, man. They the the effort against San Jose is marked more by the urgency that they played with in the third period, the desperation that they played with at the end of that game. Uh, and, and the rightful frustration of why, why can't you guys play like that more often? Yeah. Now, you know, no team is going to play that desperate all game long. It just doesn't exist. Right. You know, but... you're, you're, you're projecting something that's inhuman on a bunch of the, uh, uh, a bunch of people, you know, you got them. These are, these are people. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought when you couldn't think of the word people, son of a gun, AJ. It was definitely disappointing just because it really seemed like the team was starting to roll a little bit. And for them to, uh, to come out looking that flat, <clears throat> Low-hanging Twitter fruit here. People are upset over the fourth line. Uh, the fact that they moved some of those younger guys out. Ryan Graves not in the lineup, which we will talk a little bit about here in just a moment. Do you think maybe taking a little bit of that spark out of the lineup has uh, affected things at all? Um, I know we I talk mean, all the time about your fourth line, seven, eight-minute guys don't make a difference. But maybe that little bit of extra jump that you know Gabe Bork isn't bringing does that make a difference? Uh, I mean, look, God, I'm so over this, man. Um, I just don't. I don't feel like the, I don't feel like the fourth line is any. So you're saying that, it, but it so but so that's saying that it does not matter who's playing on that line. No, because Gabe Bork's not giving you anything, and you know he's not giving you anything. All right, so, and, so that's what I'm saying. In the last two in the last two games, he's taken penalties that have cost them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now you know he's supposed to be a PK guy that helps you out there. He's not giving you any help there. He's now he's taking penalties, he's putting himself in the box. Mm-hmm. He's not doing anything. Um, so that sounds to me like it like it does matter. Like like, like if yeah, you I didn't mean, honestly, have Gabe every, Bork in the look, like Gabe Bork matters. Like who who you have in your lineup obviously matters. It's not like you know back in the day when they were rolling out Cody McLeod, Mark Andre Cleach, and Patrick Bordalo on your fourth line. It wasn't like that was irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys got crushed. Gabe Bork gets crushed. He's one of the worst skaters in the NHL. Uh, and he's a veritable black hole offensively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's not irrelevant. It's the difference between Bork and a lot of other, uh, a lot of these other guys that they've tried out, or I should say some of these other guys that they've tried out, is, you know, Gabe Bork has the, the known factor you know what you're getting out of him every night. Even if it's not very good, 
Jared Bednar is comfortable with what he's getting from him on a nightly basis. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not much. And, um, to, and to be honest, like, I think, I think he has actively looked for reasons not to play him. Um, the minutes have gone way down for Bork, uh, at the, like in the handful of games he's gotten mm-hmm. into recently. Mm-hmm. If you, if you look at him, he only played four minutes tonight. Wow. Against, against Anaheim. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, he hasn't, he hasn't cracked 10 minutes since, uh, January 19th against the Kings. Uh, and that was a game that they won seven to one. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the minutes, the minutes have gone significantly down. And I honestly, to, to be frank, I would be surprised if Gabe Bork played again this year. Wow. Uh, after the penalty to against Anaheim duty, they sat him and, It's it's not irrelevant. What you want is you want a fourth line that's giving you something, right? Like, mm-hmm. and if you're breaking even and you're you're getting nothing out of them, that's fine. Like, if if that's the situation you have to be in, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you want to get something out of it. And with Greer, you were getting a little physicality. Now you were also getting. Uh, a hearty number of penalties. Right. Which, which is something that you weren't getting with Gabe Bork up until these last few games, which right. is how we landed on this topic. Uh, overall. So I, and we'll get into the Anaheim game here in, in our next segment, but just kind of final thoughts on, on the sharks game. It was a disappointing effort, but that one, I guess you can, you can live with. Cause that's such a, that's a strong opponent in San Jose. Yeah. That's, um, I think the West is going to they're they're going to produce San Jose or Vegas. I think is are the teams that are probably going to go to the Cup Finals out of there. Yeah, I agree. That's I, I think those two teams are just head and shoulders above the others right now. Um, and the only real question with San Jose is goaltending, as we saw, mm-hmm. because yeah. <laughs> the the goaltending effort that they got against the Avs uh, wasn't great. Mm-hmm. wasn't 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 terrible. It wasn't like bunch of softies or anything it just it just wasn't great it was all right uh, it a was lot of scrambling a lot of a lot of blah um mm-hmm. the same g goal you know you can live with that uh, and like, we're gonna talk uh, a lot more about g here uh, a little bit later in the show yeah for sure but uh no yeah I no mean, i a bummer to have lost it but like they've won what one out of their last 18 now um, uh, I believe nine. I believe nineteen. Actually, no, okay. So, um, I knew it was bad. Um, yeah. but it's you know the the expectations going into that building are pretty low. If that's if if that would have been an, an Avs Sharks playoff series, uh, I don't see it going any longer than six. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's just a team that that's always kind of had Colorado's number and, uh. I think that's just one of those things, man. I I don't mind the sh- the effort you don't love, like for sure. Um, you like the third period, you don't like the rest of it, um, especially the second period where they I thought they just got blown out. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you you just kind of shrug and you're like, that's a really good team. It, it is, and yeah, it's a really good team playing really good hockey. It's not like when they beat Winnipeg and Nashville who are good teams that have been really blah lately and they caught them in a lull. Um, mm-hmm. 
that's that's the Sharks are a really good team playing really good hockey most nights. So I that game just didn't bother me much, man. I guess that's maybe that's a problem with me and expectations, but I just didn't the needle just didn't move very much for me on that one. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's take a br- quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about one that maybe did. Uh, not sit quite as well as the San Jose game did. BS and Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, We have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue second segment here bsn avalanche podcast presented by total beverage jesse montano and aj hatefully here talking about a very very disappointing weekend for the abs we talked Avs sharks uh now today was the game where you're expecting them to bounce back a little bit and uh, maybe go beat up on a team that they they really <laughs> are much much better than, and they lose two to one. Was today again? They didn't look ready, or was John Gibson just better? Well, John John Gibson's good, but he didn't have to be good today. Mm-hmm. So. You know, so, so I mean, the the abs the abs did not make him play very well. Like they just did, they just didn't. They didn't play very good hockey. They were lethargic. They were uninspired. They looked uninterested. Um, the final five minutes were nice, but they weren't nearly enough. I didn't even think the final five minutes were that nice. I didn't think the final five minutes. Mayweather doesn't even get off the ice till a minute to go. Right, that's like, what I'm saying. They couldn't even get the puck. It was it was just it was sloppy. It was uninspired, lethargic. It was just not great. I, uh, it was just not great. Let's uh, let's take a couple minutes here, Ian Cole. What did you think of the hit? Uh, I don't remember who it was that he got. It was one of the shores. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, sure. What'd you think? As far as knees go, it did not look as egregious as a lot of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was 
weird. That's why I'm interested in what your your opinion was. Yeah, and I didn't like. I, there were a lot of people that were really quick to, wow, that's super dirty, mm-hmm. and like, by no means am I going to sit here and say, oh, it's a good clean hit. <laughs> right, right. But I don't. Shore shore cutting inside, and Cole never changes direction. His he doesn't his knee doesn't stick out. He doesn't change anything that he's doing. Yep. And when Shore cut inside, it just and I'm not I'm not saying it's Shore's fault, but I don't necessarily think that it was Cole's fault either. Like I don't think Cole, I think Cole put himself in a bad position yep. to defend the guy cutting inside. I don't think he put himself in a bad position to hurt the guy. Uh, I agree. And and I think the the optics of it are why he got a five-minute penalty. Um, I don't necessarily have a real problem with them calling that penalty. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to. It's, it's kneeing, and there's no, there's no disputing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I would suspend him, honestly, because I just... Well, the, I think it was just one of those things that happened. It did not look he didn't go it didn't look like he went out of his way to do it. And I know intent is one of those things that you can never really determine. Mm-hmm. But you can usually tell when a guy's up to something. And the fact that Ian Cole's leg doesn't ever really change course. Yep. Th- that to me was was the big thing was when you watched that replay um from that from that near side angle, it was. I mean, it looked brutal, and you hope that Shore is, you know, nothing, nothing too serious. For sure, man. Uh, and and to your point, it's it's on Cole at the end of the day. But I noticed the same thing. Normally, when you see some of these really egregious kneeing uh, incidents, at the last minute, you see the guy stick his leg out, really follow through on his knee, and you just didn't see that from Cole. Uh, I agree that you had to kick him out, but it didn't look like he made any additional movement to right to make contact with the knee. I just thought it was interesting because <clears throat> it it was it was uh it didn't look so ruthless from from a couple of the angles. Right, and a lot of those knees where we're talking about the leg kicks out, it's like an instinctive thing. Oh, this guy's going to get by me and I've got to stick my leg out to try and stop him. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm going to stick my knee out. And I'm going to go knee on knee with this dude and I'm going to hurt him. It was not like Matt Cook, you know, where it was predatory. Right. right. He did not line the guy up for that kind of a hit. You know, he lined him up. He thought he was going to hit him. But when the shore cut to the inside, it created a kind of contact that I don't think either one of them were looking for. Yeah, uh, neither of them expected it either. It, <clears throat> excuse me, it looked like it caught both of them off guard. Uh, Philip Grubauer back in net today. Two goals against. What did you think of his performance? Did he do himself any favors here as far as getting more playing time coming down the stretch? First one's a little soft. Um, don't did not didn't love the first goal, right? Uh-huh. Um, like an unscreened wrister. Um, pretty, you know, a decent amount out. It wasn't like it was point blank or anything. He didn't look like he'd played the angle very well to me. 
Um, I haven't watched a thousand replays of it, just the couple when it happened. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm an idiot here. <laughs> um, but I just, it just did not look great. It looked a little soft. And then the second goal, like it's a deflection from, from Calvert, you know, where it takes <sighs> a violent bounce off the ice and comes back up. And it's like, I'm, That's... I'm, I'm not going to begrudge goalies for stuff like that. That's a, a crazy bounce. That's a crazy bounce. Like if a guy's not already in position to to be in front of that puck, right? Then like there's no reaction time there reason that you can reasonably ask a goaltender to stop that. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> and otherwise, I man, I mean that that was it. Like don't really have any bones about it, man. The the team in front of him just did not play nearly well enough to back him up. So between the two games over the weekend, I know the last time you and I talked, you said it's probably Varley for 15 or 16 of the final 19. Do you think that still holds true after the uh, couple of performances from the weekend? Uh, I think Varley opened the door. Yeah. For Grubauer to get a start here or there. And I think they'll go back to um, I think they'll go back to Varley on Tuesday against Detroit, and then we'll see how they do. You know, we'll, if Varley gives up four goals and they lose, I very much think Grubauer plays in Dallas. Mm-hmm. If Varley has a good solid game and the Avs win four to two or something, you know, Varley plays pretty well. I imagine Varley plays in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So I still think this is Varley's job. He's Grubauer's had he's put together two good starts. Yeah. Which is something yeah. he hasn't done in a long time. Sure. But he also hadn't had two starts in a long time. <laughs> yeah. You know, his last start, um, February 5th, before the uh, before this Anaheim-Nashville run that he had, this, before his last two games that he had. Wow. February 5th. So, you know, in, in since since the, the new year, since January, Mm-hmm. He yeah. only played nine times, <laughs> and two of those are relief appearances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they got uh, Detroit at home on Tuesday. You're maybe hoping for an overtime win there, uh, as as Ottawa closed the gap ever so slightly between them and Detroit uh, for the thirty first spot in the NHL. So if that one went to overtime and the Avs could pull out a win that way, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and I mean, hey, then they would have overtime, you know, another overtime win to keep keep building that confidence yeah. and hopefully get them away from whatever this year was. Exactly. Uh AJ, uh, one of the Avs players has really started to stand out uh here over the last two weeks. And it's a guy that we talked about <clears throat> at the beginning of the year of he took a great first step last year. Let's see if he takes that second step this year. We didn't know if he was going to, but it really starting to look like he is taking that leap. When we come back, we will talk about Sam Gerard. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. And before we go to that break, I have to remind you guys about this CBD infused coffee that is a real game changer. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-infused coffee that has taken away long-term migraines, back pains, arthritis, IBS, and it has even helped decrease anxiety. You name it, 
CBD is all natural and non-psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. We will be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Third and final segment, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hafley. Going to talk a little bit about number 49, Sam Gerrard. AJ, at the beginning of the year, this is a guy where we said, wow, what a rookie year for him. Really took a lot of steps that were very, very encouraging. Yep. And you really saw something special out of someone especially so young. But with all that, it was just kind of a starting point at the beginning of the year. You talked about, all right, in that, especially in the offensive zone, he creates the space with the with his you know, the spin move that everyone everyone sees coming, but no one can seem to stop. He creates a space, but he's not doing anything with it. He's not really creating anything. Mm-hmm. That has changed a little bit here recently. <laughs> Does it look like Sam Gerrard has taken that legitimate next step into he's figuring it, figuring out the the all two hundred feet of the ice? Uh, I think he's starting to. I'm not gonna say he's, it's happened. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what that's what I'm saying. It's, is it happening? 
I think I think it definitely is working its way to um that that direction, yeah. Yeah. I just it's... we're starting to see so much more aggressiveness with his legs. And yeah. we're starting to see him push the pace in a way that um he didn't last year. We're starting to see starting to see him create a little bit more. <clears throat> and you know the the shot was against San Jose was awesome, obviously. Right. That's not going to be a regular thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he's going to roll up and be like, oh, well, you know, I'll do that 12 <laughs> times a year. to, to <laughs> No, but, but it's the fact that, you know, you even turn the clocks back a few weeks and Jared Bednar in one of his uh, press conferences saying, we're telling Sam Gerrard to shoot more. We were seeing him too much getting into open areas and he was just passing uh, you know, looking looking to make plays, which is great because he does have great vision. He finds a lot of guys open, uh, but he's got a shot, and and so it's good to see that he was able to take some coaching, take some direction, and uh, he he's applying it with with some success. Uh, that yeah. goal just being an example. Yeah. So uh, sixty eight games with the Abs last year, three goals, seventeen assists for twenty points, negative eight. Uh, 12 power play points and 76 shots on goal. Right now, 66 games with the Avs, uh, four goals, 16 assists, 20 points, plus three, uh, eight power play points, 99 shots on goal. So uh, in pretty much the same amount of time, the production is almost identical, but more even strength points yeah. and um, significantly higher shot generation. Mm-hmm. Now he's got 23 more shots on goal and two fewer games played. So wow. uh, that's all good, man. Like, that's all good. Those are all good signs. Um, the the increased uh, even strength production is good. Uh, we've really started to see it lately. Yeah. He's really, he's really been uh, generating a lot of offense, even if the uh, the points haven't necessarily followed. You know, he's only got a couple of points in his last handful of games. Mm-hmm. But we're starting to see the the scoring chances are going up. You know, mm-hmm. he could have easily had a two or three point night against Florida. That yeah. was all over the ice in that game. Yeah. You know, so there are there are a lot of games where it's starting to happen. And his minutes are starting to to take a pretty serious jump from the 19 to 20 range that he's kind of spent a lot of the season sitting in into 22, 23, 24 minutes. Well, so that's the other thing, you know, we, we've watched Sam Gerrard this year and, you know, we, we've judged him on, you know, what is he doing in the defensive zone? Does he look lost? Does he look this? One of the things that, that is easy to forget is for most of the year, not obviously every game or every shift for most of the year, he's been paired with Eric Johnson on that top pairing right. and has been going up against the other team's best players every night. So he's going through all of this. So when you see him have those really strong games, what's even more impressive is he's doing it against the other team's top guys and the games where you see him struggling, it's, I'm not saying you want to cut him some slack, but it's you have to remember as a 20 year old kid playing every night against the other team's top guys. It's uh, it's it's extremely impressive, and you know we talked a lot last year about 
why is Sam Gerrard different than Tyson Berry? His defensive game is so much stronger. Have you seen any significant growth in, in his game in his own end this year? Or is it just that he's really kind of figuring out what to do with the puck, how to move it up ice more efficiently? I think defensively he's starting to um, he's starting to understand what he can do physically, like what yeah. he can manage. Yeah. And where he can have an impact in that part of the game. Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily. I mean, he's never going to be like a physical defenseman, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but I don't know. He laid uh, I don't know who it was that he laid out the other night, but he got someone. When he had that big hit on Roman Yossi last yeah, week. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's been getting more and more physical in the games in the last couple of weeks. Um, but it's, he's, he's picking his spots. He's learning. And then, and that he's, that you're seeing those little adjustments like that, where a guy, he sees an opening and he takes it. And it's, and it's not just like, I don't know. It's not, it's not just like a one-off, you know, or some random occurrence. Right. It shows that the guy's, adjusting his game and starting to figure it out more and more all the time. There's a lot of aspects to playing defense and it's a really, really hard job to do. Yeah. So (laughs) with, with the steps forward that we've seen from him and, and it's looking like you, you just might have top pairing potential in Sam Gerrard. With all our, you know, with the excitement about Kale McCarr, yes, they are two guys on the smaller side, Sam Dredd more than Kale McCarr. Is that your future top pairing, ideally, right now? Hell Sam yeah. Gerard, Kale McCarr? Hell yeah. Without <laughs> a doubt, man. That's with Kale McCarr, again, you and I talk about it a lot. He does play a physical game, he, he gets after dudes. And I mean, he's what six one? I think is where he's listed. Um, he's right at about six feet, I think. Right at six. So I mean, he's not tiny. He's not Eric Johnson, but uh, I mean, Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard. If they keep going the way that they are right now, that's a uh, you'd have a hard time getting the puck away from them. <laughs> They're going to be a lot of fun, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's going to be interesting. So, speaking of Kel McCarr, let's let's wrap this up on this. Are you familiar with what the NCAA schedule is from here on out? Because I know people know that we're getting down towards the end of the season, and they're starting to get antsy. When is kind of the earliest we could potentially see a Kel McCarr uh, ELC? Um, I mean, it's the Hockey East tournament starts next weekend, I believe. Maybe next weekend, two weekends from now. Um, regardless, the NCAA tournament, which UMass is absolutely going to. Yeah. <laughs> um, will be March, basically March 30th, March 31st. Ah, uh, there you go. And so they would have to lose then. To get uh, Makar into, they'd have to lose that weekend to get Makar 
a chance to get to Denver before the end of the season. And even then it would be, I think they would have three games. So the hockey, oh, wow, they have four games that week. Hockey East tournament isn't till March 22nd. Uh, and then yeah, the uh, NCAA playoffs are after that. So yeah. And like, regardless of what happens in the hockey East tournament, UMass is going to the tourney. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they would have to lose and then he'd be available for maybe four games. <laughs> so there you go. So there you go, folks. We got that much, that much more to wait. We're so close. AJ, do you have anything else to add? A couple bummer games, but uh, you're, you're getting some good stuff out of Sam Gerard. Anything to add before we uh, close out of here for the afternoon? Uh, Ottawa. Four points, man. Four points back. That's the, that's the real scoreboard watching here. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. it's the one that, that not that you don't want to see the abs get in the playoffs. They need to get into the playoffs. You don't want to take that step back. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you're not a Stanley Cup contender this year. That that first round pick is I agree with you. That's that's the real scoreboard watch. Yeah. All right. We're going to go and get out of here. A little bit shorter, uh, shorter episode to start off your week. Uh, we have a, a busy couple weeks ahead of us. Lots of games to be played, so we will be all over it. Make sure you stay on bsndenver.com. For AJ Hayfley, I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys all for listening. <laughs>